0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. We've wound down pandemic relief programs. It's time we do the same thing for student loans. We need to make sure that a lab like, like this never happens again. He's weaponizing asylum seekers.
1: How we're going to end this? By securing the borders. Because this shouldn't be political.
0: Your life, your values, Your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is a Political Trivia Thursday. A lot to talk about today. We'll play Political Trivia in a little bit. And uh, your category, Who's Next? Interesting question. Uh, We're going to be joined by Dr. Charles Steele from Hillsdale College at about 5.20 talking about The Great Reset. And uh, the more you hear about this, it begins to uh, give some significance to things like uh, Hillary Clinton uh, handing off to uh, who? Who was the guy that she handed the uh, uh, Russian foreign minister Sergey Lavrov? Remember, she handed mm-hmm. the the red button and we called it the reset button. Right. And uh, it gives some interesting insight to what. Barack Hussein Obama was talking about when he said hope and change. Fundamentally um, change America. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the Great Reset, you know, you've always thought about it. Okay, you know, when are we going to see the introduction to the Great Reset? The Great Reset is here. The question is, how much damage is it going to do? Uh, does it have a chance of succeeding? And, uh, boy, one of the reasons why you can see the, the, the reason why Donald Trump's political opponents will do anything to keep him out of office, it's because uh, he is probably one of the biggest impediments to the Great Reset taking place on schedule as the Great Resetters want.
1: Well, you know, basically his whole campaign and platform is America's First America's first Agenda, which is— Goes totally it, against the Great Reset. Yeah, totally anti-Great Reset. And the thing that kind of got us thinking about this, you know, we've been reading about it, hearing about it. Uh, but just, I don't I guess it was last week um, when uh, I was noticing a Facebook post was, was taken down by Facebook from Hillsdale College's false information. And it was just an article on the Great Reset. And you know, I full disclosure, I I make annual contributions to Hillsdale College and uh when I saw that I was like <laughs> Facebook's taking this down as false information and, and the and the guy that wrote the article's one of the you know, leading economists in the world discussing it. Uh-huh. It's just, it's amazing what they're, they're trying to control. So I guess is Facebook, uh, I mean, they must be all in on part of the Great Reset. Oh, yeah. I, I, that, that is pretty
0: obvious the more you learn about the Great Reset. But of, of all the institutions to talk about who is uh, putting forth truth, uh, Hillsdale College, in, in my personal list, would be pretty high up on the list. It might be the Scripture's. And Hillsdale
1: College, right underneath <laughs> that, in,
0: in terms of truth,
1: yeah, they got some very good programs um, that you, uh, you know, would a, a contribution you get to be involved with on, uh, you know, American citizenship, constitutional issues, things such as that. That's well, very you don't, you, you don't even necessarily issues. have to be a contributor to, to 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 take advantage
0: of some of those things. They're very generous. We will be talking to um, uh, Dr. Steele in just a few minutes. I do want to hit this one article locally. WECT out of Wilmington is reporting federal regulators believe a North Carolina woman died in the waiting room of a hospital emergency department, according to a report they have issued. The report said an investigation revealed a 77-year-old patient went to New Hanover Regional Medical Center on June 6 for complaints of vomiting, weakness, unable to stand, fever, etc., uh, she has had a history of rectal cancer, receiving chemotherapy. According to the document res- obtained by WECT, the patient initially met with triage at 8.43 p.m., was given an urgent designation at that time, but was told to sit in the waiting room. Findings of the investigation revealed she was not reassessed until June 7th at 2 a.m. Was at six hours sitting mm-hmm. in the waiting room. Almost five hours after initial vitals were taken, the report stated, according to the report, the woman coded at 2.04 a.m., just a few minutes later, she was pronounced dead about two hours after that. Wow. Mm. Family members decided to withdraw life-supporting measures. At the time, a nurse told WECT the problem was not necessarily a shortage of beds, but a shortage of nurses to staff, staff those beds. Now, one of the reasons this article caught my eye, someone that I am fairly close to had a relative who just yesterday needed to go to East Carolina Medical Center emergency room. (laughs) After I talked to this individual, I said, why do they call it an emergency room? I mean, I always thought of an emergency room as you had an emergency. You had something that was unexpected, severe. It might be appendicitis. It might be a terrible accident where you've cut yourself. You needed some sort of emergency. This person yesterday, it was an issue that the doctor said, yeah, you need to get over to the emergency room. This person got there at 12 noon at 630 she went up to the desk. She, there, she was still number six or seven in line to be seen. This individual said, "Unplug me from the IV. I'm not going to wait any longer." This person also said there were numerous people that were unplugging themselves and just, you know, pulling out the IVs and walking out. Now, I. I I'm sure there are a lot of complications and reasons, and obviously this is not just happening at these two hospitals. I imagine is happening, helping, helping uh, is happening elsewhere. But you know, I, I thought about it, and I thought, well, well, wait a minute. How long ago was it where the these hospitals were telling nurses, "If you're not going to get the vaccine, get out." <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Many of them said. Okay, Uh, this vaccine hasn't been tested. And now in hindsight, we find out that the nurses that didn't take it probably had good cause not to take it. It was certainly oversold and under-investigated, but they were told to get out. They got out. What do we have? We've got a a a situation now that these hospitals are extremely understaffed. I mean, if it, I don't know, I don't know what advice to give you, but you might want to make sure you've got a good first aid aid kit at home.
1: For uh, if you have an accident in your house, I don't know the emergency room is going to be a whole lot of help for you. Well, you know, even prior to COVID, I mean, you know, well documented that uh, there was a nursing shortage in in the country. Pro- probably more than any other profession. If you could go to college, get a nursing degree, you can go to any town in America and and go to work the next day. COVID made it even worse. The fact that some hospitals took the, the tough line that, uh, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't be here. And, you know, people. I know people that just said, you know what, I've had enough of this profession and getting out. Um, Couple with the fact that you take people, um, particularly in eastern North Carolina, and there's other places similar to eastern North Carolina, probably not too close, but you've got people that take advantage of emergency services as as their primary care doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even before covid uh, yes you know before covid you would have people that just go in the emergency room hey they got a cold well to go to emergency room there's there's no copay but obamacare uh, fixed yeah. all that don't you remember that that, the, that was one of the reasons obama said we needed
0: obamacare was to fix the emergency room so and people then, would stop doing
1: that and and i blame then with the whole covid situation i blame public health from the standpoint of you know putting fear in people's mind you they get a fever they go to the emergency room. Okay. I mean, I got COVID. I got to go to the emergency room. So they're probably over, give me a pill. Give me a pill. Overweighted with that, where they could have been focusing on you know therapeutics through the doctors, through clinics, through um, through uh, other places other than the emergency room, or open some temporary clinics like they did in Florida for for therapeutics. Uh, New
0: Hanover Regional Medical Center is a part of Novan Health. A spokesperson released the following statement: "We're disappointed the patients experiencing delayed." care led to cms survey on june the 21st um we respect we, res, we respect and value the review process and the additional insight it provides we're glad that following our august 8th re-inspection cms found we are in compliance with medicare guidelines um, let's see further up in the article wect was told at one point the hospital was short 400 nurses according to the centers for medicare and medicaid services Inspectors were asked at the hospital June 21st through the 29th to uh, follow up on the patient's death. Their inspection prompted federal regulators to notify hospitals the Medicare contract would be terminated on August the 12th because of deficiencies. Officials re-inspected the hospital in early August, however, and, and recommended the hospital be returned to good standing with CMS, WECT reported. Um I, Will this have any kind of lasting effect? We'll see. I'll be diplomatic and just say, we'll see. (laughs) The Washington Examiner is reporting that Bruce Reinhart, that magistrate judge who signed the FBI search warrant for former President Donald Trump's home, ordered the Justice Department to publicly release the redacted version of the affidavit, justifying the unprecedented raid on the Mar-a-Lago. The Justice Department filed its proposed redactions to the Trump raid affidavit under seal Thursday morning. The Florida judge ruled Thursday afternoon that the Justice Department must now file that redacted affidavit on the public docket by noon tomorrow. I quote, this is from the judge, I find that the government has met its burden of showing a compelling reason slash good cause to seal portions of the affidavit because disclosure would reveal the identities of witnesses, law enforcement agents, and uncharged parties, two, the investigation strategy, direction, scope, sources, and methods, and three, grand jury information. The judge also ruled, adding, quote, I further find that the government has met its burden of showing that it proposed redactions are narrowly ta- tailored to serve the government's legitimate interest in the integrity of the ongoing investigation and are the least onerous alternative to sealing the entire affidavit. Hmm. Um, I I think that is real fancy lingo to say (laughs) um, fat chance that you're going to see anything of significance.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: I I said uh, on uh, the the first day this was talked about, 75% of this thing will be redacted and I maintain that.
1: And this is the same Judge uh, Ryan Hart that at once recused himself from a case Bingo. with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So while well, all of a sudden now he, he can be impartial and no. unbiased in this situation, no. uh, I don't think we're going to see much. I'll be surprised. to. And again, I want to remind our listeners, do, don't give
0: this guy too much credit. A magistrate judge is a hired hand. Mm-hmm. A magistrate federal judge does not is not recommended by the president, does not go through uh, Senate confirmation. A, a magistrate judge is supposed to take care of the mundane for federally approved judges so that they can handle things like this. Right. And yet they
1: really you don't procedural issues exactly. and evidence issues and that type of thing prior and, to it gets to a and yet the, Depart-
0: the department of justice though they go judge shopping and they find this guy that isn't even qualified i mean in all honesty would you not get a qualified judge that has been vetted by the united now i'm not saying the united states uh, uh
1: senate does everything perfectly but This guy is just a hireling, and not to mention, you know, there are a lot of judges that um, you maybe you can infer something from some of their case rulings and things, but but publicly they're not, you know, not really political. But this guy was political and didn't hide it yep yep for years so to me it seems pretty intentional it's chastised Donald Trump vilified Donald Trump and
0: supported uh, Barack Hussein Obama that's about all you need to know stay with us lots more to come on this uh, political trivia edition of news and views we'll be right back
1: Is your drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 1037.
0: All right, my kind of day. It is, it, it, it's you get a two fur on this day, August the 25th. It's National Banana Split Day and it's National Burger Day. Hmm. Sounds good to me. 2,500
1: calories, probably. In <laughs> a burger oh, and there, a banana come split. Come on.
0: There's no uh, calories in that uh,
1: <laughs> health food. <laughs> How right dare there. you! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is that has a large green footprint. You know, you got the cow that's pooping all over the place. You got the, you know, <laughs> you just made me lose my appetite. <laughs> this is all wrong. You know, we're not supposed to eat beef and burgers now. We got to eat plants, you know. That's what Bill Gates says anyway. 34
0: years ago today, Congressman Barney Frank acknowledged hiring a male prostitute as a personal employee, then fired him after speculating the aide was selling gay sex from Barney Frank's apartment. <laughs> Yeah, what,
1: is Barney still around? I don't know. It was where was he from? Like Connecticut, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. You remember the time when him and Bill O'Reilly got into it big time on the his show.
0: Well, Bill O'Reilly got into it with a lot, but oh uh, yes, yeah. I think
1: some of that was a little bit staged. But uh, I remember him and Bill O'Reilly. You know, Barney Frank, I think, was probably had as much to do with the uh, 2008 financial crisis than anyone yes. in Washington. Yeah. Because he was what well, he was head of the banking commission, yep. and um, basi- basically created the crisis by uh, under the what the Community Reinvestment Act, mm-hmm. and opened the door for people just to go loan money and uh, and you know you know when there's people that's nefarious in business and they see an opportunity when you have too much government intervention in capital markets. Bingo. Uh, and they just – it was well, all – you could say that he was probably the, the top of the chain. Well, and, and the, the the more you uh, – you know, for
0: the lenders, the more they lend, the more money they make. And so the incentive was just as strong as it could be. And there was a lot of people that made money, but uh, then we had the 2008 housing crisis. And, uh, yeah, that put – thank you very much, Barney Frank. I mean, As typical and, – and we're getting ready to do it again with uh, this yep. boondoggle that uh, – I mean, this this summer will go down in history as two of the worst decisions with the forgiveness of the student loans, which, by the way, I still think is up in the air. I, I, I'm i not convinced at all. Uh, this will go to court. And I'm if it goes to the United States Supreme Court, which I think it ultimately will, um, I, I don't think uh, Joe Biden and the executive branch have the authority to do what he did yesterday.
1: You think it's just a... You know, just a last-ditch effort to, to, to peel off a few more votes during the midterms, maybe? Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what we talked about yesterday. I mean,
0: he, he's got a twofer. One, you use the DOJ as a weapon against your political opponents, and then two, you buy off the voters. What can go wrong with that?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, look, it, it it kills me that people that are in government, particularly lifetime bureaucrats, lifetime politicians – think that they can predict human behavior think they can predict consumer behavior they'd have no experience at all in predicting human behavior and every time they get involved in something they make it worse student loan debt situation is the reason they started getting in the student loan debt business in the first place college costs skyrocketed. Bingo. more than double almost triple the rate of normal rate of inflation in the last uh well i'm gonna count for the last you know 35 years since i've been out of college um well, it was uh, in 1973.
0: I was at uh, the, my first year of college before I transferred to Maryland. I was at Geneva College up in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, home of Joe Namath. Joe Namath, yeah. And uh, I was I was trying to remember, but I think for a year, including board, room and board, was thirty two hundred dollars mm-hmm. a year, sixteen hundred dollars a semester, and. Uh, it was uh, how many? So that would have been what fifty fifty years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what they're charging now, but the average private college now is uh, at f- least ten times that amount.
1: Oh yeah, probably forty grand, probably yeah. average, yeah. maybe maybe yeah. higher. Yeah. You know, that was before they built great big buildings and housing with people and called it the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how much are we spending just on that kind of garbage? It. And again, would we have that if if there wasn't this free-flowing money that the U.S. government has just turned the fire hose on and just said, hey, just take it and run with it?
1: Well, any, any business or sector of an economy, whether it's education or health care, if you have, number one, a, a consumer that doesn't care about costs – a consumer that don't understand costs, they don't have full disclosure of the costs, don't ha- understand, have full knowledge of the product, and there's no competition, what in the hell do you think is going to happen to price? There I mean, I mean, I learned that in Economics 101 40 years ago. <laughs> well, when I ran for the state senate, one of the things I said,
0: that, and one of the things I was for, and I'd be for today, is competition in education. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's... Uh, Uh, tax credits whether it's vouchers uh, whatever you want to call it let's have a level playing field and let's get competition now the the government school system doesn't want competition because of what you just said and when you have a monopoly you, you can do whatever you please when you have competition you have to make your product better and uh but Anyway, uh, today's uh, news and views is brought to you in part by our friends at the uh, Ironwood Golf Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle. No initiation fee required. Remember, if you're headed to the beach, pack your clubs because Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club at Magnolia Greens, located near Wilmington. Contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle, 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. So, the Washington Examiner is reporting that the White House Press Secretary, speaking of uh, Joe Biden and debt forgiveness, Corrine Jean-Pierre, argued with reporters this afternoon about the administration, what they had done and uh, the work that they had done to ensure that President Joe Biden's student loan debt forgiveness is fiscally responsible and fully paid for. <laughs> I, I, you know, what is so infuriating is 90% of the reporters in that White House press room will ju- just sit there and nod when she comes out and says it's fully paid for. Mm. Uh, P- Peter Ducey and probably three or four others out of, I don't know, a crowd of 50, uh, maybe. Yeah, there's uh, probably
1: 50 in the room. Uh, there. Th-
0: they're the only ones that ask any questions. Um, however, this time round, somebody from the New York Times, Michael Scheer, had an exchange with Jean-Pierre. Uh, Jean-Pierre reiterated that the White House cannot yet predict the total cost of the action, and she did not highlight any specific mechanisms for offsetting the cost. She did argue, however, that the social benefits of relieving debt for Americans are worth the fiscal hit. That sounds like a very uh, empirically uh, chock full of uh, knowledge statement. Here's the thing: when we talk about the pause being lifted, that's going to bring in. Now, listen to this, and you, you, you're you're going to explain this to me. This is Jean Pierre talking. Here's the thing. When we talk about the pause being lifted, that's going to bring in $50 billion per year back into the Treasury, right? Well, the, Joe Biden just said that the pause will continue to the end of this year. <laughs> that was actually not happening throughout almost two years now, and it's going to, again, for another five months. So that's going to be coming back at the same time that basically people are getting these benefits from this plan, she stated. And it should be a matter that this president is trying to give some breathing room for people who have been literally crippled by this pandemic, by what has happened the last couple of years. Well, again, who who is the author of what has happened over the last couple of years?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what in the heck she meant by that. I, I heard it when she said that. And I'm, I'm trying to think, you know— was she being intellectually dishonest? No, I just don't think she was being intellectual at all. And what's so bad about it was no no one questioned her on it other than Petey Ducey, Peter Ducey and this guy from the Times. But what what is she saying? I mean, what is she saying there? If you're not getting paid back, the government, you know, backed the loans. The go, I mean – well what are you, how are you saying you're getting an influx of capital? Are there, are she saying, Okay, these people are not gonna have to pay these back so they're gonna go spend some more money and pay taxes and get I don't know what she's saying. I, I think I what think, she, think, she I I what, think she's what she's saying. saying is again now what's interesting is because Donald
0: Trump got congressional approval for the first three phases of the moratorium on student paying back their loans. That mm-hmm. went through mm-hmm. Congress. Right. The fourth time it happened was Joe Biden's executive order. The fifth time was just yesterday for another executive order that you don't have to pay back these loans. Uh, again, the payments don't restart until the end of this year. So that was the second time Joe did it, the second time he did it by executive order. I Now, once that ends, I suppose what she's talking about is people will start paying back those loans starting the first of next year. Um, and that will bring in $50 billion a year. But in the meantime, it's going to cost the American taxpayer about $2,000 apiece. $300 billion will be lost. Here's the other thing, too. These people that just say, well, just forgive it. The government backed the loans. The loans came through the banks. The government is still going to have to cut a check to the banks for the missing money. Yep. And where is that money going to come from? It's going to come from the taxpayers. The idea that it's just disappearing by Joe Biden chanting some incantation is ridiculous.
1: Well, and that, it comes back from the, you know, a, a here here again, someone that's worked in politics or a government bureaucrat. She doesn't think about what, where the money comes <laughs> never, from. Never. You know, the government historically hadn't had any money except for what they take through from taxpayers. Well now they take it from taxpayers and fees and services and that type of thing. But now they just create it. Poof. They just go in yeah. and do a journal entry. They don't no. have to they don't have to, you know, turn on the likes, turn on the printing press. They just go in and do a journal entry and say, Hey, yeah. we just all of a sudden we just got another trillion. Right. How about two trillion? That's How it. about three? Yeah.
0: Whatever you need. Well now it's up to thirty. This is uh, – outside estimates suggest that depending on the uptake rate for eligible buy, uh, borrowers, Biden's debt forgiveness would cost between
1: $300 billion and $900 billion. Yeah, and I, I think that's low because what's going to happen? It's, if it's 10000 per person, um, okay – 10, well, per and it's person. twenty
0: thousand for the uh, Pell Grant. I'm Pell sure Grants. But, Why did they call it a Pell Grant?
1: <sighs> I think it's named after somebody, I guess. But no, I thought, but
0: but Grant. What, yeah. is, what does the term Grant? Yeah, see, signify. I, that, how
1: much? That shows you how much I know about it. I mean, I, I thought I didn't think the Pell Grants were loans. I didn't think, but I, Wait, I don't. But if I don't they, know. You
0: call it a grant. The idea is <laughs> yeah. the money is granted to you, given to you. But uh, apparently, you got to pay back a Pell Grant.
1: You know, I the, th- the thing about it is. If they, if you know, it's like drip, drip, drip. Okay, they approve ten thousand per person or twenty thousand on a grant. What's going to happen a year from now? Well, heck, I owe them seventy five. Well, let's go for some more. Before you know it, they're going to just totally erase student debt, and so it end up being not yet. It, It'll end up being a trillion before it's over with. Two trillion. Who knows? The HEROES Act was signed
0: into law by George W. Bush as a part of the federal government's effort to provide financial security to soldiers fighting overseas. The bill grants the Secretary of Education the ability to waive or modify any statutory or regulatory provision applicable to student financial assistance programs in connection with a war or military operation or national emergency to provide waivers or modification authorized. Now, as I read that description of the HEROES Act, uh, that that is pretty specific, and it is focused on people serving overseas in a military operation or a national emergency. Yet, Joe Biden yesterday says that the HEROES Act gives him the authority to cancel student debt. Mm-hmm. For, for those who receive Pell grants. And,
1: and it's amazing to me the way now they're kind of spinning this as uh hey, we've done all this COVID relief for so many people, it's time to do something for the students, you know.
0: <laughs> well, Wait, did the students not get COVID relief with the same time everybody else did?
1: Got COVID relief, the you know, colleges got tons of COVID relief, states got tons of COVID relief that they still hadn't spent. And now uh you know, they're just trying to okay, blame it on COVID. Let's let's it's time for somebody else if to it. If it wasn't for
0: Trump, Bush, COVID, and uh, Putin, what would the Democrats
1: have to blame? And they wonder what, you know, I wonder what's going to happen to college costs if this gets approved and if they approve some more. What's going to happen to college costs? It's going here we go, here we go, something else. Another department that's, you know, doesn't have a professor. It's not teaching somebody anything. It's actually another department's created. It, it'll just be waste. It'll yeah. be here. Yeah. It'll be here at East Carolina. It'll be at every public institution in North Carolina. Guarantee it.
0: I got. I got news for you. It's already there. Hey, let's play some political trivia, shall we? Five six one eight two five five is the number to call. Got a great prize package. Uh, your category. Who's next? All right. I think you'll find this question interesting. I don't know. I'd say it's uh, eh, not too hard. 5618255 5. category who's next political political trivia when we get back back in time for political trivia 561-8255 area code 252 give us a call we've got a line open uh, your category is who's next your prize package includes a free oil chains for your car or pickup at dave davis's east carolina chrysler dodge jeep or at washington chrysler dodge jeep ram a gift certificate from fit for life including two free training sessions with a fitness coach a $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, Real Mexican Street Food. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious baked fresh made from scratch goodies. And a gift certificate to the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, that 60 days passed before you play again. First up, from Moorhead City, we have Lisa on the line. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hi. You ready to play? I'm ready to play. All right. Here's a question. <laughs> Let me give you a preamble before I actually ask the question. Seventy-five years ago, in 1947, President Harry Truman signed the Presidential Succession Act, which established the line of succession for the Oval Office to be the Vice President, the Speaker of the House, and the Senate Pro Tem. The original Act of 1792 had placed after the, after the Vice President the Senate pro tem first, and then the Speaker of the House in the line of succession. But in 1886, Congress had removed this line of succession. So here's your question. From 1886 until 1947, (laughs) if something had happened to both the president and the vice president, who would have been next in line to be the president? Is that the only hint I get? <laughs> uh, well, not time for a hint yet.
1: I'll pick. Um. Uh. I don't know. I have not a clue. I don't have a clue at all.
0: All right. Well, you think about it and give us a call back. 561 8255. Patrick's on the line. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Patrick.
1: Hey, guys. What's going on, Tom and Benny?
0: Uh, well, we're looking for an answer to a uh, question here. Did you hear the question?
1: I did, and I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do I have to give a hint already? Just spitball. Throw something yeah, out there. Yeah, throw something out there. It's gotta be, uh, uh, here's your first hint. It's somebody that would be related to the federal government.
1: Somebody that's related to the federal government. Um, I was going to say Speaker of the House, but uh, that's not going to be it.
0: That would not be it. You're right. You're right. All right, think about it. and Give us a call back. 561-8255. So uh, I, I didn't think it would be that. you, you got to think in a little bit more broader terms. Um, I, 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 well, give us the next call, and I'll give you another hint. Is Clark. Is that who it is? Hey, Clark. Hey, how are you guys? The other Clark. Doing well. <laughs> did you hear the question, Clark? <laughs> I, I, I did. It's a line of succession. Right. Do you I want a hint, the, uh, or do you think you got Clark. it? Uh, i I'll always take a hint. I think i got uh, it all right interestingly it had something to do with the chronological order in which certain things were created within the federal government that probably doesn't help Don't you does it?
1: That, <laughs> that really doesn't help me but I, i'm thinking it's the uh, the chief justice
0: of Supreme Court. that's a great guess that's, a that's good guess. not it that's Real not it but that's a great guess five thanks clark Five six one eight two five five. uh yeah that was a good guess let's go to jimmy hey jimmy hey jimmy Hey, how you doing? Doing well. What do you think? Who would be next? Uh, I'm just, I'm just throwing a shot up in there. Secretary of War. You are warm, but that is not it. <laughs> but you are okay. warm, and and that is a great hint for the next person. Five six one eight two five five. Jimmy says Secretary of War. That's not it. Clark said uh, Supreme Court Justice. That is not it. Let's go to John. Hey, John.
1: Hey. Who do you uh, think? He had my answer a while ago. He had the Supreme Court.
0: That's not it. Got somebody else for us? Uh, Secretary of State. Secretary of State is really warm. That's not it. <laughs> but you guys are dancing all around it. Thanks, John. 561 five, five. Let's go to Grant. Hey, Grant. Hi. How are you, sir? What do you think? Who would be next from 1886 to 1947 if something happened to both the president and the vice president? Who would be next in line?
1: Secretary of State.
0: Uh, that's exactly what John said, so I'll give you another shot at it.
1: Oh. <laughs> that was not it. I'm sorry. It's the uh, Cabinets in Order of Creation.
0: Okay. Who would that be?
1: The so Secretary of State was first.
0: No, it wasn't. Uh, that's a great guess. That's a good <laughs> general attorney general that's not it that's either but you're eliminating but you only get one guess grant so th- <laughs> you've given out some great hints Five six one, eight, two, five, five. let's go to bob hey bob hey bob grant has hey, really given you, you some good any? hints there we're doing right, great how about one more hint
1: <laughs> um well uh, he, he gave you a bunch of hints there well, well that's a here's one if you if you're uh going to establish a government what's What's an important thing that you need to establish a government? There you go. Just fundamentally. You always follow this. Secretary of the Treasury. Bingo!
0: (laughs) Bingo! You got it. Secretary of the Treasury would have been next in line to be the president. In 1886, Congress replaced the two congressional officials in the line of succession with cabinet officers in their order of creation. The first would have been Secretary of the Treasury, which was originally Alexander Hamilton. Uh, then the Secretary of State, which was Thomas Jefferson. Then the Secretary of War, which would be Henry Knox. And then the Attorney General, Edmund Randolph. So uh, y- you've got it. And, uh, but I think uh, you need to call up Grant and take him out uh, to share in one of the prizes because <laughs> he gave you some great hits. Bob, where are you calling from?
1: I'm calling from the uh, the large metropolis of Columbia, North Carolina.
0: All right, Bob. Well, hang on the line. Clark's going to get your information, and we'll get you those gift certificates. Thanks, everybody, for playing. And, uh, boy, you danced all around it. Bob got it, though. Stay with us. Vinny and I'll be right back.
1: This is your Drive at Five, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht.
0: Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to Bob from Columbia. He uh, got it right. The, uh, Treasury of, uh, the Secretary of the Treasury, I should say, would have been next in line for the presidency from 1886 to 1947 after the vice president. And uh, that's never happened, though, has it? that uh, Mm -mm. both have uh, gone to their demise. Uh, I mean, it's it's probably more likely that they could be out of commission for a temporary period of
1: time, but... uh, yeah, when before we went on, I, you tested it on me. I think it was my second guess, Secretary of Treasury, which makes sense because I mean you got you're establishing a government and you got right. you got to have money. Kind I mean where's the money going to come from? And plus, you know, if you know much about establishing a government, Alexander Hamilton was uh I mean he was kind of a control freak, smart guy, probably one of the smartest guys in the with the early uh you know, early founding fathers, but he uh I think he was a kind of control freak cuz I I could kind of see him, you know, Having having a, a big here's, a, here's a piece of
0: trivia, which I bet you know. How did Alexander Hamilton die?
1: Oh, in a duel with uh, Burr, Aaron Burr. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So
0: yeah, he was smart, but he didn't duck. <laughs> yeah, he,
1: he, yeah, he. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. Aaron Burr was he um, was was he was he hung for that? I think he was, wasn't he? Didn't he finally re- catch up with him? And I think they might have. Seems like because you know,
0: I, I think it actually happened in a place where dueling was illegal.
1: You know, Alexander Hamilton made his Made his way through North Carolina, you know, during the Revolutionary times, and uh, um, I mean, there's there's places that Alexander Hamilton went all over eastern North Carolina, from what I've read in some old documents and deeds and things such as that. He's you know, a smart it, guy. It, it's
0: amazing how these uh, founding fathers were so dogmatic in what they believed, and they were so principled in what they believed that they were l- literally. Uh, you know, they would hold grudges. They would have arguments. Uh, you know, Adams and Jefferson, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they basically reconciled on their deathbeds and they both admired one another. But, you know, all the, the years of dispute as they disagreed over uh, founding documents for our country.
1: And, yeah. And, th- uh, and these guys were so smart, too. I mean, they were so well educated. And uh, when you read some of the things that, I mean, hey, they're, I mean, imagine sitting down and penciling all this stuff. From scratch, of course. Obviously, they use some you know theories from philosophers that dated back centuries and all. But but still, to uh, I mean, they created a government from scratch and created and, a and what's a so
0: amazing about that is I, you know the the arrogance of the, the our generation that those alive today that we think were the most brilliant because we have certain technologies. Well, just think how
1: brilliant they were, and they had none of those technologies. <laughs> yeah, I look. I yeah, you know, I'm kind of a history geek, and I've read the uh, Lewis and Clark journals based on the you know discovery of the West. And when you read some of the things that they they wrote and 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 their drawings and uh, their the science and math that they knew just to one navigate their way across the country. <laughs> That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, we're not educated like that no. now. Of course, no. we don't. You know, we don't. They didn't have TV and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Which basically just spoon feeds it, but nobody ever actually is educated.
0: We've got an abundance of information, but we don't have a lot of wisdom. Speaking of wisdom or the lack thereof, Town Hall is reporting in her new Apple TV show titled Gutsy, former First Lady and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton found herself unable to turn her long-running losing streak around when she took on reality TV star and businesswoman Kim Kardashian... I'm
1: exhausted.
0: ...in a legal <laughs> an <illegal> knowledge quiz <laughs> moderated by Chelsea Clinton. Gutsy is an on-screen spinoff of a docuseries based on Hillary and Chelsea Clinton's The Book of Gutsy Women. When Clinton, a former partner in a law firm, went up against Kardashian, a law student... In a battle of legal wits, Kardashian walloped Clinton 11 to 4.
1: I'm exhausted. Well,
0: that's pretty good walloping. (laughs) Uh, That's not the first time she's lost. Perhaps that's an uh, uh, unsurprising outcome for Clinton, who apparently doesn't see any legal issues with storing classified government documents on a private server in her basement and then wiped it with a cloth. Chelsea tried to make excuses for her mother, claiming that she could see that her mom knew the answers, but she was just too slow to buzz in with the answer. Hillary herself offered up a rather patronizing excuse that she was so mesmerized and impressed by how well the younger Kim Kardashian was doing that Clinton just sat there, admiring her in amazement. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe that someone is actually brighter than Hillary Clinton. True sure international depression. You, know, you know, I wish they would ask her.
1: They should ask uh, President, or Hillary Clinton, what are the seven states that had the alienation of affection laws? <laughs> <laughs> we got to run. We'll do it again
0: tomorrow. See ya. Bye bye. All right, all right, all right.